You're very welcome to This Adult Life, the podcast with myself, Fiona. And I'm Mark. And today we're talking about loneliness. It can cause you to die younger, puts you at the risk of dementia and can even cause depression. But we're not only talking about those worrying statistics, we're going to be talking about solutions. How to get over loneliness. Yes, that's right. You're listening to This Adult Life, the podcast. So today we are talking about loneliness and I think I should share why. When I do the solo cast, I have experienced loneliness. Um, <laughs> so I know what that is like. Um, but anyway, so today we're talking about loneliness and I probably should share why because I read an article um, in the paper and I kind of felt like really, I kind of felt sad when I read it. It was a girl who was on, we've all been in lockdown, as we all know. And, you know, the, the first few weeks is, was very hard. I mean, getting used to it and adjusting. But then as the weeks turn into months, and what she said was, and she lives with her partner, but he works on the front line. He's in the healthcare um, profession. And so he was working a lot of hours, a lot more hours even than normal and, and double shifts and all this kind of stuff. And when he was home, he was sleeping. So he was there and he was contactable and he was home a lot. But she, she felt so lonely because when it would come to like the weekend or even during the weekend, she was looking at all these Instagram posts and people are posting like, you know, a screenshot of like 50 million screens opened up on Zoom or Zencaster. And it's like, they're having like a Zoom party. And she just felt like, I felt so lonely. And she said, I didn't, I just felt so lonely. And because I felt lonely, I really felt sad. And it was kind of sad to read this. But then when I kind of delved a bit deeper, because I was kind of going, that's mad because I, I get it because we've been so socially disconnected from people. I mean, with lockdown and everything else along with it. So of course people are feeling lonely. And and when I looked into it a bit more and started asking people and just kind of say, you know, what, just trying to suss out what is the kind of, the general consensus a lot more people than we realize really felt one of the things they felt during this lockdown was uh, not only isolated but lonely even though they're connected on social media and so forth they really felt lonely so that was the thing that really I suppose triggered us off to kind of chat about this yeah I know because I, I heard this story about a girl actually who on lockdown she lived on her own so she was also working from home so she was getting her shopping delivered to her and like the person delivering the shopping was the only person that she was actually getting to see uh, for weeks. And so, yeah, there's so many stories I'm sure that we haven't heard yet of people who have been in really bad situations like loneliness. Oh, and as well, she was saying that she was seeing people like that online, you know, saying, oh, on lockdown, but yet they had a partner there with them to yeah. share the experience with. Which she was like, I'm just completely on my own. She said, like me in the couch. Netflix. That's so sad. Yeah. You know, and, and I think all of us have felt an element of loneliness, but I definitely think some people more than others, um, because there is that, like, I, I remember seeing, you know, even on social media, people doing these like Zoom parties and different things. And you're kind of going, oh man, I don't have like this amount of online social uh, social life, you know, with people doing these Zooms each and every other night and whatnot and having the drinks and all that kind of stuff. And I think, yeah, it's a real issue for people. I think that is one thing, though, for a lot of us. And it's not even just loneliness because of lockdown. I think lockdown has highlighted a lot of things for a lot of people. Like, And I say that for myself included. I think with lockdown, we've been forced to look at our lives and kind of, you know, step, take a step back and go, what was our norm? What our norm used to be? Was it a good norm? Or also because we've got this, I suppose, addition of time, if we're not in the healthcare profession, but we've had this, this addition of time, we're now looking at ourselves and our lives going, do you know what? What is it all about? Am I happy in my job? Am I happy with this? Am I happy with that? And we're forced to, I think, like almost like take an assessment of where we're at because it's like a big, massive timeout. 
that the whole world has been forced to take take a time out and and just look at and a lot of people have just looked at their lives and kind of gone you know what whether it be lonely or because sometimes we get preoccupied or we get busy with our jobs are we really looking at you know issues or concerns or situations that are there time is flying by but i think it's forces all to stop and take stock of things and, and make us look at things yeah because i think as well going forward like you're saying about the the norm before lockdown was it the norm like you know there's going to be a lot of changes going forward for everybody but even as far as like gyms like where is that going to be you know people going to the gym is that actually going to be a place where you go now to work out or i see a lot more people doing like gym from home online yeah um you know going even for ourselves going out for runs before you got your injury that's right <laughs> so i took up running really like i took up running because i don't care keep fit and each morning i was walking up and i was getting out of bed like an old man because my it was achilles heels yeah yeah it was mild tendonitis because i started trying to run too much too fast too quick <laughs> so if you're trying to run ease into it um <laughs> But yeah, you're so right. I mean, all of these things have changed. But I think loneliness, because the, for example, the gym was a social outlet for a lot of people. You know, they would go to these, you know, a class or a spin class and they'd get to know people. So a lot of those elements have been taken away. Obviously, let's not even get into the restaurants and bars and all those kind of things as well, which aren't even really happening right now without social distancing and such. But the bottom line is, I think because of, of all this stuff that's gone on, it's forced us to take stock, but it's also forced us to face some stuff that we maybe didn't want to face. But also when our career is not there, this sense of loneliness, because sometimes our job was our company. Our job is what we did and it took up all our time. And when that time is taken away, it's, well, now what? Because, you know, I always think, you know, get busy um, making a life, not busy making a living. You know, that kind of way, it's always good to focus on your life, not just on what you do, but what are you going to do with your life? I think that's also true. But as well, people are now more so working from home. And like what you're saying, you know, in, in your job, you, you meet people, you meet friends, you know, you're socializing with them. You're going out for drinks after work on a Friday. But like that's possibly all to change now with more and more people working from home. Yeah. So again, I think true. If you're feeling lonely now, it may be a thing that's going to be around for a time. But the good news is today's episode, we're going to talk about also solutions and we're going to talk about really how to deal with loneliness. So regardless of if loneliness has come up because of lockdown or you felt lonely in, in times gone past, the good news is we're going to talk about good solutions and a lot of statistics as well. But one thing I've got to share about loneliness, loneliness is a state of sadness, right? This is what it is, right? I know it sounds sad to explain, but it's true. Loneliness, loneliness is a state of sadness we find ourselves in because our perception of ourselves is we feel we have no friends or company whom we connect with. So ultimately, if I put it simply, loneliness is a state of sadness because we feel we have no one to connect with. Because I've heard actually, when I was researching for this online, I read that you can have like loads of friends, a circle mm. of friends, but still they did a survey and like 50% of the people uh, that was in the survey with lots of friends said that they didn't have a strong connect. They felt they didn't have an actual strong connection to their friends. Even though they had lots of friends, they still felt lonely. So the survey was saying, you know, it uh, was a quant quality over quantity when it comes to friends yeah when it comes yeah. to friends so you know i suppose a key for that is even if you only have one or two friends that you have quality time with them and you build quality relationships with them so therefore you're not going to be feeling as lonely as if you had 20 friends with hardly any quality time with either of them any of them so true and i think as well like this is the case of you can be in a crowd and still feel isolated um but like even if you're listening and going well i've no friends you know we're going to talk about some solutions and we'll get to those but i think we got to give 
an amazing study that I came across and I thought it was really, really good, right? And I thought it was good because it highlights how this is an issue for so many people, but nobody's really talking about loneliness. Um, and, and that's why it is. Because like, for example, if you're lonely, loneliness can lead to like depression. It can lead to feeling sad. But remember, loneliness, you're not broken. It's not that you need new parts. You're simply not getting your needs met. So it's not your fault. You know what I mean? These are simple human needs. We're all made to connect. So don't ever feel I'm lonely and it's all my fault or it's all my doing or it's just because of the type of person I am. Because when you take on that mantra or that mandate, well, then you'll just remain as you are. But when you kind of say, well, you know, it's not my fault I'm lonely. It's not my fault. I, I basically have a need that just hasn't been met yet. And I think focus on that. Focus on on it is fixable, it is changeable, and there is resolve. We've all felt lonely in our lives at some point. We've all felt you know, a disconnect. Like, it's kind of like when you have a really good, your best mate, and then your best mate's not your best mate anymore. You can feel kind of lonely for that time. Oh, we used to always hang out, and now they're not there anymore. You can go through that lonely kind of vibe and know that this loneliness is, it's not nice, but it's changeable. And that is the main thing. It's not that you have to remain like this forever. It's a basic human need that hasn't been met yet. So let's not work, let's work on getting that need met. I think that's something for us all, regardless of how we have found ourselves in this lonely place. Because if you're talking to someone who's been in a relationship for a long period of time, or even a marriage, and you know, that's been a, their relationship and that relationship has failed and now they're on their own maybe their whole social life was wrapped up around that partner you know and that can happen with a, with a boyfriend and a girlfriend like you know your whole social life might be their friends you've lost you, you disconnect slowly from your own friends because you're now hanging out with them more and then when that breaks up you're kind of left with nobody and that sense of loneliness and, and sadness can come in so loneliness can come in in any shape and form it's not that you've always been lonely necessarily it can just might be the chapter you're finding yourself in now now, on the flip side, I've also heard sometimes people come out of a relationship and they are a little bit lonely and then they take a reevaluation and kind of say, well, now it's time for me to invest in me and sort myself out and, you know, do the things I wanted to do because, you know, I, I, I've got this time now. But either way, whatever way you look at it, loneliness is changeable if you want to change it and it's fixable if you want to fix it. It's not an indefinite problem. It all comes down to a basic human need and that is a human need of connection. And sometimes we're not always, we don't always choose loneliness. Sometimes it just comes and happens because of a scenario or situation or a relationship breakdown that we've been through. So it can come in any shape and form. The key is you don't blame yourself. You don't look you know, at, at what happened or what it is. You look at, okay, where am I going to go from here? And that's what we're going to talk about, kind of bring a little bit of hope. Because I think when it comes to loneliness, not only that, it's not only the fear of being isolated. Because sometimes people have the fear of being lonely, you know? Fear of missing out. We've all heard of FOMO, you know? Because that's a real fear for a lot of people, the fear um, of, of missing out. I think as well, for me, I'm always really thoughtful about what I'm thinking on or mindful, should I say, of what I'm actually thinking on. Yeah. So there's a really, really catchy song <laughs> um, on TikTok, and it's lonely. You know the song? La, 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 la. No, I don't. Oh, you do. Sounds beautiful. Keep going. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> lonely. Anyway, really catchy song. It's actually a good song. Um, but uh, it's so catchy, and I do be going around, like, singing it in my head, and, and I'd be going, oh, stop, you can't actually, because I feel like you're actually telling your body you're telling yourself that you're actually lonely 
Do you know what I mean? Because you're singing it to yourself. Because you're actually repeating those words. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, lonely, 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 lonely. I'm lonely. And I'm like, oh, that's actually really bad to be it's singing It's probably that. just, you're probably like, I suppose, aware of. And it's good to be aware of this for sure. I completely agree with this. And I always tell people, you know, be careful what you're saying about yourself, speaking to yourself and internally saying. But it's kind of like a negative affirmation. <laughs> so, you know, say it long enough, you might begin to believe it. It's exactly. true. It's the same is true when you say a positive thing. You know, say it long enough, you eventually begin to believe it. A constant drop of water shall bore a hole in a stone, is what they say. But yeah, so loneliness can come in many shapes and form and the fear of loneliness can also be a thing like I mentioned the fear of missing out or the fear of not being invited that can be a real fear for people like and it's like you know fear of rejection fear of missing out you mentioned you had a study there to share what was that oh yes yeah. so this study right so basically a leading study on loneliness in America asked the question do you feel like you are no longer close to anyone right so do you feel like you are no longer close to anyone and this was two adults 39% of people said they did not feel close to anyone anymore. So like, regardless of their childhood, whatever the case, now in adult life, you know, they felt like they ha did not feel close to anyone anymore, 39%. I mean, that's a huge portion. Like, that means like nobody's talking about loneliness, but like almost half of a country is suffering from loneliness. Yeah, and it's actually harder as you get older to actually meet people. Because when, when mm. you're younger, you're in school, you're in college, um, and you're meeting people all the time and people around your own age, the same interests and in sport or whatever, how busy you might be doing. So it's a lot easier when you're younger to make friends. Although I did hear a study that 26 to 40 year olds are the loneliest generation. 26 to 40. Yeah. You see, like, so this and this is the generation that is social media savvy now. You know, we've had social media around for our age group. So is social media not so social? That's the question. That's even, is that the problem? Social media, you know, but what's interesting about loneliness is like there's some worrying statistics around it. So that's why I think it's good to have podcasts like this where we talk about solutions. Um, because like it said, statistics show loneliness can cause you to die younger, right? It can also cause you to increase the risk of dementia. Um, and it also can cause depression. So it is definitely something you got to, you know, sort out or fix and do what you can to change it because it's not a it's not a happy place to be. You know, Absolutely. nobody likes to be lonely. I did hear someone share this one time. I thought it was really interesting. And they said about social media, why is social media not so social? And they said, well, look, listen, you've got to look back at who created social media. It was created. Now, this is a generalization that I did not say, but he said it was created by people who were probably weren't that social in reality, but on virtually they were they were much better because they knew coding. So they created a social life online. A lot of these people created these social media platforms. And so he said, they, because that's how they communicate because, you know, computers and code and online is their, that is their social life. But now all of us, that may not suit all of us to socialize that way or through that method. There's no one fix for all. We're not all geared to socialize through our screens, although it's our, I suppose, the easy, you know, way to connect and it's important and we need it. But a lot of us are designed to be, you know, social as in, you know, persons in front of you, you know, chatting and whatnot. So it's not always gonna be ticking all the boxes that everyone's happy. Oh, we have social media, everyone's happy, we all feel social. Statistics show 39% of people, um, don't feel they're, they're connected with people anymore. And as you said, the loneliest generation are the generation of Facebook who feel now the loneliest. So there are statistics that point us in a, in a way that we say, hey, we need to talk about loneliness because clearly we're getting more lonely as generations pass by. Do you think people who are just bored can confuse it with being lonely? You know, if you have more time in your hands now and you're like, 
you know, not much to do. And you could actually just be bored. That's a very good point. <laughs> um, I won't say that to everybody, you know, because people, if you feel lonely, you feel lonely. But I think sometimes it can be confused. You know, yeah, I think I think there is an element to that. I think a sense of having a sense of purpose and drive is a big part of that as well. Um, I'm not going to turn around like, you know, I, I suppose what we're not we're not saying that. Oh, you if you if you are someone who feels lonely because I felt lonely and all in life, I'm sure you felt lonely at times in life. It's not that we were just bored, but but sometimes having lack of focus in our lives can cause us to uh, can heighten our awareness of not having a connection with someone. Um, I think if you're missing that connection with someone, you're missing that connection. But I also think that can be heightened when you're probably not, when you've got a lack of direction, lack of purpose and all those other things as well. I think it's part of the pie. I don't think it's the whole pie. So it, it, maybe it can be. So what do you think? think like, like getting involved in like a project of some sort or like focusing on a course or, you know, that type of thing can get you out of being in loneliness land. I would say indirectly, and I, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think we'll get to that in our solutions. But like when you're part of, say, a project and there's people, other people involved in the project, you know, it's giving you a sense of focus, but now it's also giving you people to connect with. Mm. So I think it's twofold. Um, but what I will say, and this is advice my grandmother gave me, and she said, um, and I'm, this is, and we've probably all heard this before, like, but like when you least expect it, that's probably when you'll find that special someone when you're not actually looking. I think when you're looking, um, it, it can kind of ooze out of you. And for some reason it can be counterintuitive when you're actually looking for like, when you're focused on meeting someone, it's really hard to meet someone. But when you're less focused on meeting someone, that's when you tend to meet them. If someone asked me, are you gonna be married in your twenties, you know, your early twenties, Mark? I was, a, you know, if they asked me that at like 18, 17 or whatever, I was like, yeah, run away. I've got to go and travel the world. and. All this kind of stuff, uh, as love would have it, here we are. Um, but there I was married to Mary 20. And because I wasn't exactly looking for it, but I was open to whatever. So I think as far as I, I wasn't going to repel the idea, obviously, if someone <laughs> showed interest. Um, and it kind of just naturally for us, I mean, it did just kind of naturally happen, even though we knew each other forever. But I think that's that's my my relationship advice on it i know and it's it's the worst thing to say to someone when they're looking for someone is well when you're not looking you'll find that someone and it's the worst thing to say to someone but it sad but true though isn't it, it yeah. like it, it is it is kind of true there's many ways to it i remember seeing what did we see on tv oh i know what it was it was it was love is blind is that what you call it it's where the two people in rooms opposite each other they couldn't see each other they, they could just talk to each other and like on the second date she was asking them about kids and family and future. And, and the lad's eyes were just like, they couldn't see each other. And you just see his eyebrows being raised like, wow, this is intense. Because she goes, well, I've come in here to find someone. You know, now they all were looking for someone. But I think some people were just way more intense about it than others. And I think that can sometimes come across. But anyway, let's not go off <laughs> point. Let's not go off point. But here was an, um, a really good thing. And, I, and I've read this a lot. I know Oprah Winfrey has talked about this a lot. And I know other books have as well. Um, have you ever heard about the Blue Zones? Never. Never? Oh, God, let me show. Oh, then I, I can tell you all about it. <laughs> so the Blue Zones are places in the world where people tend to live the longest. They predominantly lie, and this is not around the whole world, but there's parts of the States and parts of Europe, uh, Italy, and what, just above Northern Hemisphere, just above the equator. Mm. Uh, that's where a couple of these Blue Zones tend to reside. And it's to do with diet and all these other things. But they did a study and the one thing that they all have in common, because some of them are landlocked, some of them are by the sea, 
And so they tried to find out what is the one thing that these societies or these cultures all share that helps them, you know, live the longest. What is the common thing? Do you know what the common thing was for Yona? Do you know? The happiness? No. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I tell you? Uh, Diet. Uh, It was a part of it, but no, because they had different diets. Because people thought it was going to be Friendships. Kind of. Let me tell you what it is, right? The one thing they all... Unless you would like to keep guessing. (laughs) So the one thing they all have in common is they prioritize connection, right? So friendships, yes, but family also. Um, They make a point to connect with those they value and those that they love. Now, when I say they make a point, it is like religious. Everyone sits down for dinner. There are no phones. And dinner lasts about an hour and a half to two hours. And it normally happens a little bit later. No TV on the background. And everyone stays at the table from start to finish. The average, they say, for dinner was an hour and a half to two hours, but some were longer. Was your house like that when you grew up, though? We made like, you know, this is dinner time. Everyone sits at the table. I was when I was younger. But Mm. like as we teenage years and stuff, we weren't really made. And then obviously, like both my parents worked and stuff. So, no, it wasn't all the time. It was encouraged couple of times a week, but not really. But I think was um in Ireland anyway, was that more so the case years ago? Like years ago. We see no phones, no TVs, a lot less of that. So I, I think, think so. I think a lot of families made it because remember you'd be out with your friends in the streets and they go, Oh, I have to go home for dinner and they'd be like made go yeah. home for a certain time or all the families sitting having dinner together. Yeah, I think definitely it was a thing. It was definitely mm. culturally more Sunday dinners and, you know, home for dinner time and home for tea time and yeah. all that. But no, I think well obviously society's changed, you know, a lot more online screens TVs uh, and it's sometimes easier to give a child uh, an iPad than it is to entertain them for you know the dinner time but at the same time I think w- when I look at the blue zones the connection was the priority and it didn't go to, it wasn't down to family size and it wasn't down to circle of friends because a lot of these areas some of them were isolated not many people it was like you mentioned earlier it was the quality but it was the time they invested in that made equality connections into the family or into the friends. So it wasn't about the even amount of people. It was just they made a point of connecting with other humans on a daily basis. And it was a, a physical, in-person connection over dinner or going out for a meal and so forth. And that was the one thing that they found in common. Some would have dinners for three hours every single night. Three hours. Wow. Three <laughs> hours. And they would talk, they would cook together. They would, it would be the prepping the food together, cooking together, talking together, and it could be up to three hours. So that was the one common thing, which I think is fascinating. But I think we can learn from that. That helps you live longer because we know loneliness causes you to, to uh, not live as long. You can die earlier if you're lonely, but you can live longer if you're connected. And it's not about how many people. It's just that you have a point of connecting with people, which I think is an amazing thing. And you hear stories as well of, you know, couples who are like married for like 60 years together or whatever and they're like yeah. in their 90s and then one of them passes away and like a few days later or weeks later the other will pass away yeah well that's a very sad morbid thing but uh, <laughs> it's 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 it is very true um i don't know what relevance it has it's to this but <laughs> well thanks for that because you're talking about connections yeah, and how, how loneliness can kill you yeah well look, <laughs> it's true it's true right but here's the thing i think in the you're right and even just having the one to connect with you know yeah but it doesn't necessarily mean a partner you know what i mean like i i know a family member who who never fell in love you know they never had a special someone but they lived a very long and and satisfied life because they had connection they were in their groups they were going to their i think it was tennis they were going to their uh golf they, they were doing all these things and they lived till a ripe old age 
And um, so it's not even about having a partner. It's not even about having kids. It's not, it's not that stuff. It's just the connection. And it's a quality connection with at least one other person and it doesn't have to be your partner. So, um, you know, if you have your partner, it should be, you know, it'll be your partner. But if you don't have a partner, it could be someone else, a friend or whatever the case may be. So connection is key. But here's the thing. I think in the rest of the world, if we think about it and are honest and go, yeah, that all sounds lovely and romantic, but we just don't have the time. We're busy. We're doing too much. The kids are bouncing off the walls. I'm trying to clean the house. Ah, you know, I'm, I'm working late. And so I think when we look at a reality, it's very hard to implement this connection. However, is that not, and I'm saying this to myself, but is it not that when we look at lockdown and what it has kind of taught us that maybe our, our, the old norm was not a good one? Maybe the old norm was, was too fast paced. You know, we're always connected on, online, but are we actually connected with people? You know, maybe that's the scenario and maybe that's the problem. And I think maybe now we're being forced to go, hang on a minute, is this really, you know, we've all this going on in the world and all this technology, but how disconnected are we really? And if we all ask ourselves, are we connected to people where we can say, you know, they've got our back, we're connected and we're going to make a point of it. I think we all need to make a new point of, of physical, you know, connection. Maybe I'm just saying that because we've been on lockdown and we're lacking meeting other people and all that kind of stuff, you know, hanging out and whatever. However, I do think if it makes you live longer, it's definitely worth doing it for that alone. <laughs> um, absolutely. Because a lot of times what happens to people with loneliness, and I want to stress this as well, whenever we feel lonely, we sometimes, we look at ourselves. It's kind of like when something doesn't work out, the first person we blame is ourselves. Um, and even on this more serious note, when people get like hurt or abused or whatnot, a lot of the time they can blame themselves. Um, if you're in a, a state of sadness because of loneliness, you know, whatever has brought you to this place, or you find yourself in that scenario now, it does not mean it's your fault. It does not mean that, you know, and even if you're uh, the, the victim of a relationship failing and now you find yourself lonely or someone passed away or whatever the case may be, or you're just feeling like uh, all my friends have, you know, partners and, and here I am with nobody. Loneliness can come in many shapes and forms. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Um, always look at this, you know, if you may be feeling lonely right now, but you can change that. And here's what I mean by that, because I always say this, our basic desire is, you know, we all want to be happy and not suffer. If you ask, if you were kind of narrow it down to one sentence, human, human life, we all want to be happy and not suffer. Now, happiness equals connection, happiness equals all these other things, but we all want to be happy and not to suffer. We want to belong, we want to feel loved, and we want to feel a part of something. And that's why I suppose social media is good in many ways, but it's bad in others. It's good because it kind of, you see what the world's doing, you see what friends are doing and whatever, and you can connect to a degree, but it's bad because do you actually have quality connections? You know, when you're with a friend and you just talk openly about something that's on your mind, you're not necessarily going to type that, you know, mm -hmm. necessarily. But happiness and suffering are all in the mind. And this is what I always say to anyone who's feeling, you know, going through something, because we all have bad days and sad days and different things. But if you're feeling you know, not happy, or you're feeling, you know, that you're going through suffering. Happiness and suffering are all in the mind. Now people say, but I've suffered physically, I've suffered with things in the world. Yes, but happiness and suffering all begins in the mind. And here's how I notice: some of the happiest people in the world are the poorest, and that's a fact. Some of the happiest people in the world are the poorest. I remember seeing that, it was actually on an Oprah Winfrey show, and they were talking about some of the happiest people in the world were in places like uh, Delhi and Calcutta, where they had nothing, not even sewage systems, never mind a phone. And they were some of the happiest people ever. Um, and it was hard to conceive how they could be happy. And that was amazing. But here's why. Because 
whatever's going on externally, we can't control. Whatever's going on physically, we can't always control what happens to us and we go through and what we are on the receiving end of. We can't always control that, but we can control our outlook and our perception. What we can actually control is how we see that situation, how we read that situation. And what we can control is how we react to that situation. We can't control the action coming at us, but we can control the reaction. Mm. Um, so if someone tells us we're no good, we can react and say, I don't accept that because I know I am good. You mm. know that kind of way? Mm. So to put it quite simple. But as well, it's kind of like what I was saying about the song. It's like, I love the song, but yet the, the words probably aren't very good to be repeating. I'm lonely, True. lonely, lonely. <laughs> Well, you're dead right, so, you know. You know, you're feeding your mind with that. And I will say this, because I always say this to people, if someone's feeling lonely, you know, here's the thing. If if happiness and suffering, a big part of that happens in our mind, and it's created there because of it's reacting to stuff. And we will be sad when sad stuff happens. You can't be happy when sad stuff happens. You know, it, it's mm. going to be a natural, but we can change it. Well, that means the solution is also there too, Right. So if happiness and suffering are in the mind, because here's the thing, if the poorest people in the world are happy and they have what we would say, they don't have very little, they don't even have running water, how can they be happy? Because they're happy inside, right? Because of their perception, their outlook on things. They have, a, I suppose, a happy outlook, which is incredible and hard to have that when you're surrounded with such poverty, but they do. Because I suppose at one point they've made a choice. Maybe their parents made a choice to, look, you'd be happy what you have, be happy that you're alive. Maybe that filtered into the children and now, you know, you've got a happy family even though they're living in adversity. But I always say this, well, if we have choice, that means we have power and that means we can change how we feel internally because that means the solution to fixing how we feel. And if we're in a state of sadness because of loneliness, well, what we can do is we can start to change our outlook on that particular thing. We can start to say, well, hang on a minute. I may feel lonely now, but I don't have to remain lonely. I can change that. I know it's sad that I'm lonely, but what can I do to make a difference so that I can move away from this loneliness. For example, right, um, here's what mice, I thought was, uh, was what mice taught me. <laughs> they had a, a study where, and what they, the thing about mice is, mice won't repeat an action if it doesn't work out. So if mice do an action, right, a mouse does an action and it doesn't work out, they won't repeat it. They will change their approach and what they do. Humans, on the other hand, will keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. So for example, like that song, if, for example, you believe that song, because I, I don't know the song, but you're singing like, I'm lonely, right? You do know it. I, 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 I don't honestly, I you, don't. You watch TikTok. You definitely have seen it. Uh, maybe I don't watch that. I don't know. La, I, la, la, la. I, I don't. <laughs> that sounds like something else. But anyway, here's what I'm trying to say. Um, I really don't think I know it, but it doesn't matter. Um, here, I really want to hear it though. So if, for example, you're saying, say you believe that you're lonely, as long as you believe and are like, I'm lonely because of me or I'm lonely and it's sad and I'll never meet someone. As If you keep saying that humans won't change the record as easy as mice will. Mice will do something that it doesn't work out. They'll change their approach. They'll change what they do. Humans have the habit of being habitual. They will keep doing and saying it over and over again. And sometimes you've got to make conscious intervention to say, hang on a minute. I may be lonely but I don't have to be sad about this because there is hope and I can do something about it. And sometimes we have to make that decision to change that song, change that tune. And that's not always easy to do. Um, and, and that goes for anything when it comes to our mental health. Easier said than done. But if you do the same thing over and over again, you'll get the same results over and over again. If you keep blaming yourself, well, then you're going to always blame yourself. But it's not you. You know, you can't always control things, but it's not always you is the problem. You know, it's not always you that brought you to this place. Maybe you're lonely because you were on the receiving end of something, but you don't have to remain there. 
So be careful what you're telling yourself. Change the record if it needs changing. When we find ourselves in a state of loneliness and we want to change it, a big part of that beginning is change how we view it. Say, I'm lonely now, but I don't like it, so I'm not going to stay here. And start looking for, I suppose, outwardly and looking past it. Don't just settle for it. Say, here's how it is, but it's not how it's going to remain. It's very important as well, isn't it? First, like if we're feeling lonely, not to start feeling sorry for ourselves. Yeah. You can easily fall into, oh, poor me, you know, this happened to me or that, you know, yeah, start I, ruminating on things that have happened or reasons why you might be lonely, um, even though you probably write to, but it's not good. Yeah. And I, I always say to people, look, give, allow yourself to have that cry. Allow yourself to have the bad day, the bad week, you know, allow yourself to have it. But don't allow yourself to remain there. Just because you're at that port doesn't mean you have to set up camp. You know, it's time to sometimes sail on, to move on. You've got to sometimes say, you know, I'm okay. I'm, this is where I'm at right now. Time is a healer and all that kind of stuff. Don't settle for it because you deserve the best. You know, mm. every human being deserves the best. You deserve the best for you and you deserve, you are valuable. You know what I mean? You, you, you've got a life to live and our outlook on life is, is where it all starts. And if you're going to say, you know what, I'm lonely now. And I'm sad now and things aren't right now. But you know what? That's changeable. It's fixable. That is temporary. And that we can do that. What would you say to somebody who is feeling lonely? Like what, what tips would you give them to get out of loneliness? You can't just flick a switch and yeah. there it is. You know, I'm like, hey, Billy No Mates now Mr. Socialize. You know, it doesn't work like that. Um, and But quality is the key. What I would say is this, right? You've got to, here's a couple of little tips I could give you. And I think I've had to put these into practice and different things and different times because I always think these are worth doing. And it is getting out of your comfort zone. The first part is, like I say, change your outlook on the situation and say, you know what? I may be lonely now, but not forever. And there's kind of practical things you can do as well. Like sometimes people say, oh, well, just be friendly with everyone and you'll have more friends. Okay, it's true, but it's like, what are you going to do? Walk out on the street and say, hey, can I be your friend? You might sound like a weirdo. And if a guy goes up to a girl and says, I'm just being friendly, how are you today? You know, it could come like a creep. So it doesn't always work out so literally. But here's what I would say. Talk to as many people in a day. So when you get up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to talk to as many people today as I can, right? It could be someone at the checkout. It could be someone in a restaurant, you know, different things like that. Talk to, make a point of, I'm going to talk and start conversation with as many people as I can today. And here's why. Some people may not talk back, but some people will. And it's like a muscle. Because sometimes if you're introverted, it's really hard. If you're someone who's quiet present, it's really hard to step out of the boat. It's really hard to break the ice with someone. But if you start flexing that muscle, it gets easier. If you start starting conversations, starting conversations will eventually become easy to you. And you'll be a lot more, um, your social skills will be getting better. I'm not saying that's gonna, how you're going to meet someone. I'm not going to say that's how you're going to make all your mates and your friends. But what I am going to say is by flexing that muscle, it's going to make it a lot easier for you. And if that little, you know, inner voice was saying, oh, you're too shy to make friends. Well, you're going to jump on that. You're going to stamp that voice out by flexing the muscle up. I'm going to start conversations with as many people as I can today. And that's all you're going to do. Just start with that. Another thing as well is, and it's not always easy, but a simple, oh, hiya, oh, how's it going? Oh, busy today, use the weather, have an icebreaker, whatever. It's not that you're looking to be their best buddy or add them on Facebook or Instagram. It's just that you're making a point of, I'm gonna start as many conversations with people today as I possibly can and see where it goes. Now that can be online or offline. Just a good thing to do actually is if, if you're like, oh God, I wouldn't even know where to start, like to meet people or you could um, volunteer out in places, you know, charities and stuff like that because yeah. they're always looking for volunteers. And that way, then you're going to meet people as well with the same kind of 
vision as you as well, which is nice. Yeah, it's true because like getting involved in things goes without saying. I mean, putting yourself, if you want to meet people, put yourself around people. I know easier said than done, but why not pursue something that you might be interested in and you know something that may involve other people like it could be a charity it could i mean what more rewarding thing is that but then it might be just either a sports club going to the gym or you know a lot of gyms now have social events like you know coffee mornings or different there's a lot if you start to here's the thing if you just look at yourself and see yourself as lonely you may miss the opportunities to be unlonely do you know if that is even a word <laughs> unlonely but what i what i mean by that is if, when we start to change, as I say, it all starts with our thoughts because our, our thoughts produce our actions and our decisions and how we feel. It all starts with that. And when you start kind of going, you know what, I'm going to make a point of talking to people. I'm going to make a point of putting myself out there a little bit more. You'll start to see the opportunities where you can do that. And that's where things start to open up. So you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Another thing is this, and this is the hardest one, right? Because lonely people sometimes are, are slow to share about themselves. And this is just more, even people who are introverted and whatnot, but lonely people are slow to share about themselves. And so instead of uh, speak about yourself when you're talking to someone, you know, talk about how you're feeling. I mean, I've one friend of mine and he is, he doesn't, and it's not about that we're just talking about ourselves, but he talks about himself to always start a conversation. Oh, I had this week, this happened to me this week, and he gave you a big story. So I didn't happen in your life, what's going on? And he'll always talk about himself, and then he'll, you know, you'll, he'll invite you to talk about you, and he always does this. He does the same way every time I talk to him, and it's just, that's just how he communicates. But it is a really good thing, is put yourself out there, because if we're always just a one-way, ask a question and hear the answer, but don't give, you've got to give a little bit of yourself. As in, I'm not saying disclose your innermost secrets, but it's about saying what you think, mean what you say and say what you say what you mean. But it's also good about having a conversation and just talking about, you know, something in the news, your views, stuff like that. Don't talk about politics or religion, but talk about stuff about you. Put a little bit more of yourself out there. And what it does is the person then sees, oh, they're open with me. That makes you appear a lot more friendly. It's when we're closed shop, we don't appear friendly. And we all know that. If I go up and I'm not telling, t- telling anyone, no, tell them nothing, you know, people are not going to exactly find you the most friendly, you know. So if you want to be more, learn to be more friendly, say, oh, I need to be more friendly, more outspoken, more open. We'll start by talking or giving a little bit of yourself and you'll come across more open. Um, and people won't always reciprocate. Always remember that, you know, people don't always kind of reciprocate. I will also say this. You know, if you're going to a party, that can be the biggest thing for someone who feels lonely or someone who just isn't great at, you know, conversation. If you're going to a party, here's what you do. Because the biggest thing we talk about in Ireland is the weather, right? So you have to think past that. Always have icebreakers. And this is my golden tip. Have icebreakers, right? So if I've talked to someone, I'm going to start talking about A, B and C. And have maybe two or even three icebreakers. It could be, I watched this show last night on Netflix. I'm going to talk about that. That was cool. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about a sport on TV or whatever else. So when you start a conversation with someone, you have got something to start to talk about when you've got past how are you and the weather. You've got something of quality. And if you're talking about something that sparks their interest, like Netflix or something obvious, they'll immediately reciprocate and go, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, watch this great box set as well. And then you can ask them, and did you watch anything good? And did you like this? So always have icebreakers ready to go, particularly if you're going to a social gathering or an event, because that is a great way for you to feel more relaxed going, I'm not going to be stuck in the awkward silence because I've got ammunition. I'm ready to go for when that silence comes, you know, or even starting a conversation with somebody. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I suppose we all go through loneliness at some point or other in our lives. Um, But the important thing is that we don't have to stay there and there is ways of getting out of loneliness. And I suppose like what we've been saying, it's important to talk 
and talk to somebody. But if you don't have somebody to talk to, we are always here. You know, send us a message. We are always here at hand to help in any way that we can. So never feel completely isolated. There is always somebody to talk to um, and, and there's no problem. If you connect with us on Instagram, um, markfennel.ie or you can head to the website markfennel.ie and you can connect uh, via email all over there, whatever suits you. But never find yourself in a state of loneliness and if you're not sure where to go or what to do, reach out to us and we'll look, we're here to help in any shape or form we can. But uh, on that note, I hope today has been helpful. And uh, thank you so much, by the way, for everyone uh, who, who's listened in and sent us lovely comments and whatever. But I will say this, Thank you so much if you do this and people have, and we so appreciate it, screenshot when you're listening to the podcast and tag us, please do. Because when people do that, it's so encouraging to know people are listening to it and that's like a thumbs up going, keep doing what you're doing. So be, that'd be awesome. You can tag us on Instagram and whatnot in your stories or whatever works for you. But either way, that is it for today. So uh, I've, I've nothing more to say, have you? No. <laughs> so on that note, thank you so much. You've been listening to This Adult Life, the podcast.